Welcome to the I'm in my 20s podcast, the podcast that empowers you to make the best of your 20s through candid, insightful, and inspiring conversations. My name is Meg, and let's get started. It just came to a point where I didn't need to rely on social media anymore. I didn't need to, I didn't have this need to busy myself by looking at what other people are doing because I'm busy with doing what I need to do. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is so good to be back and recording again after another mini hiatus. Now, I'll be completely transparent with why I had another hiatus. So I'm going through another season of change in my life because summer is coming to an end. So a lot of chapters in my life are closing and other chapters are opening. So I'm focusing on restoring that balance in my life and also just very career focused and also focused on my health and well-being and self-development again right now after a summer of a lot of fun and enjoyment. And so that's why I took a little break. But I'm so happy to be finishing off by recording with some of my amazing friends. And today's episode is one that I recorded with my friend Sophia just a few days ago, where we had a very vulnerable chat about social media, content creation, self-image, vulnerability. Now, Sophia is also a content creator and she is a YouTuber and also just started her podcast and also is active on Instagram. And so we talk about the truth of our thoughts on the influencer market, how social media impacts our self-image, how we cured our Instagram addictions, how we approach social media intentionally, and overall intentionality, mindset, and a bunch of other real topics that I think you guys will enjoy very, very much. So without further ado, let's get this conversation started. Hey, Sophia, welcome to my podcast. And I'm really honored that you are recording your very first podcast feature for my podcast. And you also started your own podcast lately, so I'll give you a chance to plug that later on. But so happy to be chatting with you today. Just to break the ice a little bit, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about like who you are and what you do and maybe how we know each other? Yeah, I feel like there's just a crazy story going on. It's so hard to like compile it all into like one or two sentences. But I'm very excited to be on your podcast. I'm Sophia. And um, hi to whoever's listening to this. Um, I'm basically Meg's age. We met online, which is cool because I feel like just meeting people online nowadays is becoming like the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in Southern California, about an hour away from LA. Um, My background's in biology, but I'm super, super into self-help and personal development and health and wellness. And I have my own YouTube channel like Meg said, I have my own podcast now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like really in this big transition phase of um, just thinking that I wanted to go to medical school yeah. and now being in this place where I want to do content creation. So, you know, it's, it's just like exercising both my mm-hmm. analytical and creative sides of my brain has been very, very interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like when you said, oh, me and Meg met online, it's like, oh, if you heard that statement like five years ago, you might be like, that sounds so sketchy. <laughs> like, why would you meet a stranger online? But we mm-hmm. actually met through, I, I believe it was a YouTube Facebook group, actually, because I think this was like six months ago or something like that, where I started a YouTube channel and Soph had also just started her YouTube channel around the same time. And then there was a small like Facebook YouTube community and we just ended up finding each other and we just had a chat vibe really well and now here we are yeah to be honest like i can't even pinpoint specifically how we met and this is what happens to me in my friendships like 
I just never remember like the first time I approached this person. I just remember、mm-hmm. like what you said. We both started our YouTube journeys around the same time, and because、mm-hmm. like most of my friends come from STEM backgrounds, I wanted to be able to meet、mm-hmm. people outside of that, be able to meet other content creator creators, other YouTubers, and so I don't remember if I reached out to you or if you reached out to me. But、mm-hmm. the reason why I don't remember is because. I feel like our personalities are pretty similar in terms of like we're not、mm-hmm. afraid to reach out to new people. Totally. So it could go either way. Either、yeah. I reach out to you or you reach out to me. Yeah, but either way, I'm I'm like so happy that you're working with me, and also she is working with me right now on like some of my podcast social creation and all that、Ooh. stuff too. So that's really <laughs> awesome. But I really wanted to have you on my podcast because I'm a strong believer in the stuff that you advocate for on all of your content creation. So Sof is all about vulnerability, and I really love your series, Uncomfortably Comfortable. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah. Or is it comfortably、mouthful. uncomfortable? It's uncomfortably <laughs> comfortable. Uncomfortably <laughs> comfortable. So I would love to hear the reasoning behind why this is the central theme behind your content creation. Why do you think vulnerability and talking about uncomfortable topics is important to you? Yeah, so I can like quickly talk about like how I even got into self help in the first place because it was totally even new to me up until last year and maybe for a lot of us um during COVID. But I think um not gonna like delve too deep into um my specifics, but basically I got into my first romantic relationship in 2019, which was new to me because I've never been in an actual relationship before that, and. I mean, maybe some of us know, you know, some of us who've been in a relationship before,、um, understand that like, it can really do wonders to you. Like, it can really change you because you're literally sharing your life with another person in a very intimate way.、Um, so,、mm-hmm. I, you know, that was a very new experience for me in 2019, and I think that experience led to a lot of just like mental challenges. I want to say, like, I dealt with a lot of like. Insecurities, like insecurities, like a huge theme in my life, especially last year. And、mm-hmm. basically, like from that experience, I think during the last semester of senior year, I just like started looking up on Google, like all these like random questions of like the questions that relate to my insecurity, insecurities, just like trying to find answers. And YouTube,、mm-hmm. as we know, is a search engine. So naturally,、mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube videos came up at that time. And I remember clicking on one of Lavender,、um, her YouTube channel.、Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Eileen. So I looked up yeah, her, love her videos. Yeah, I love her. Queen of self-help and personal development. <laughs>、um, so I remember watching one of her videos, and this was like the first time I really watched YouTube videos. Actually, like I didn't really watch a lot of YouTube videos. And so I watched her YouTube video last year, and then I just kind of like it kind of snowballed. It it snowballed from there. Like I just started to watch basically like all of her videos, and so like even during classes, like when I was like going to class, like on my way, like in the shuttle bus and everything,、mm-hmm. like I would、um, end up watching her videos. I would just put on my earphones and just like shut everyone out and just binge watch her videos. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really, you know, got really curious about self help and personal development and content creation, all of that. And I think in the summer of 2020,、um, I went through a lot. I think we all went through a lot because of COVID, you know, other specific reasons. And 
I remember, I don't know what it was in me, but I just like got frustrated with social media for some reason. Cause like, I'm so used to, you know, seeing like highlight reels, you know? Right. And totally. Something in me was like, I want to post a very vulnerable, uh, it wasn't a vulnerable picture. It was just a random picture of me, mm. but the caption was very vulnerable. And that's like, at least at that time, that was a bit, that was a very big thing for me because I'm not used to being vulnerable at all. So just mm-hmm. to be vulnerable on social media was like completely a new experience for me. And it was very, very scary because I right. was scared of feeling judged or if people are going to unfollow me or people want to even care. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I had that courage to just go ahead and post the picture. And with that mm-hmm. caption, I think I don't remember what the caption is like. You can like look on my Instagram because it's still there. But basically it was like mm-hmm. something that had to do with like Asian beauty standards and okay. me feeling like, you know, I don't know. I don't remember what exactly I said, but basically about Asian beauty standards and like how we shouldn't normalize perfection because perfection doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it was really interesting because I got a, I got a lot of comments on that picture mm-hmm. and also a lot of like private DMs. And it made me feel good because a lot of the people, you know, who said things to me, who commented on that picture, those were the people I also felt jealous, you know, in terms of like, because at that time I was like, I cared a lot about like Asian beauty standards and like feeling a bit down about myself if I don't look a certain way. And sometimes I feel like, wow, like they're, they're like super cool. They have perfect lives or like they look super pretty, blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting that how like they also felt that too. Like they also compared themselves to other people. So it's just right. this cycle of comparison and nobody's perfect at the end of the day. And yeah, I mean, long story short, that's really how I got into self-help and personal development. And I had this mentality of a lot of people show or try to show perfection or the highlight reel on their social media, but totally. I want to show something different. I want to show something raw and real and vulnerable so that other people can relate and connect to that because i know you can i know you do we just Mm -hmm. get uncomfortable so i think that's where i came up with the brand like uncomfortably comfortable because you have to be i I mean at least i believe that you have to be uncomfortable in your own vulnerability because vulnerability is is not a comfortable thing you have to get Mm -hmm. a little bit uncomfortable to be comfortable fully comfortable with who you are so that's a mouthful uncomfortably comfortable but (laughs) (laughs) that's where I came up with that yeah that encompasses it perfectly and I actually just found your post and Mm -hmm. if you guys want to look at it listeners you can go on her Instagram Sophia Yunachong I'll link it it's from August 6 2020 and you're talking about female Asian beauty standards and I really like your last sentence in your caption it says I am unapologetically me and will continue to do so so do you think Mm -hmm. that being more vulnerable on social media has in turn also allowed you to be more unapologetically yourself in real life too? That is such a good question. I think definitely. It's still hard because I'm human, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm more comfortable now. Reason why is because if I'm comfortable enough to be vulnerable on social media and people are accepting of that, then it's so much easier to be an apologetically you Mm-hmm. in person so yeah. it definitely did help me kind of open up that door for me to just be really real and just like be me and not compare myself to other people and just own myself you know like I 
am me and I'm proud and I'm happy with who I am and I don't need to be like someone else to Mm -hmm. be accepted so Mm -hmm. when I finally understood that like there's no such thing as like oh you have to look or be a certain way to be accepted Mm -hmm. like that really was a light for me in terms of like in real life of like oh okay like I guess um, if you don't need to be like perfect on social media, then you don't need to be like that in person. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that definitely was a huge, um, huge point in my life. I want to mm. say that's from amazing. That last year, yeah, yeah, that's really amazing because yeah, I have so many emotions towards social media and the way that you know we have a lot of influencers in the space now and i think that the more it's progressing the more i see people being more vulnerable and showing sides of themselves that don't fit traditional beauty standards that you know people Mm -hmm. are typically uncomfortable talking about and i really like seeing that shift in social media because i think this was like i think years ago when most of the influencers were all just the cookie cutter beautiful you know Mm -hmm. extremely attractive and they weren't necessarily sharing information that would help others feel better about themselves, but more so stuff that was like, hey, look at me, look at how glam my life is and look at all that I'm doing. And I didn't really find that influence in their space helpful for my personal insecurities because it made me feel less secure. It made me feel like I was lacking in certain parts of myself and my beauty and my life because that's what a good life's supposed to look like and mine looks nothing like that. And which mm-hmm. is why I think it's so important for people like you to show up in the space and be like, hey, like, Let's talk about these uncomfortable topics and I don't fit this standard. I'm okay. I'm happy being myself. And let's embrace this comfortability with loving who you are. Like, I think it sounds cheesy in a way. And I think this is something that people hear a lot. It's like, hey, love yourself in your own skin, right? But I think just showing up like that on social media where people are spending so much time on nowadays, especially because of Mm -hmm. COVID, is so healthy because you're like normalizing it over and over and over again. Like, hey, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to always show your perfect side online. So yeah, thank you so much for doing that. (laughs) Of course. And also just on the topic of like beauty standards, I just want to make it clear too that like there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a certain way. Like especially I know like there's a whole stigma, you know, with plastic surgery, whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. It's okay to want to do those things. Like you're you and no one can control what you want to do, of course. But I think what's important is the intention. Like, are you trying to make changes in your life because you're not accepting of who you are right now? Mm -hmm. Or are you making those changes knowing that you're accepting of yourself right now in the present moment, but you want to make those changes because you just want to. So I think Mm. there's a difference. You have to be able to accept who you are fully right now in order to, I I mean, I guess like you can make those changes regardless, but Mm -hmm. my point is, I think it really just depends on your intention for wanting to do things like that. Yeah, I couldn't have worded it better. It's about like the intention. I think that's the key word. Like, are you doing it because you're trying to become somebody else? Or are you doing it because you want to be this person yourself, right? And it, it's mm-hmm. like, regardless of how people perceive you, this is the way you want to be. Then I think that latter approach is the healthy approach. So I totally agree. And I guess a question to follow up on that is the name of your, your project is called Uncomfortably Comfortable. But I guess I wonder, like, why is it that we as humans are inherently uncomfortable talking about these topics like why does it have to be that way is that just like a notion like what do you think is the cause of that no that is such a good question honestly it's something that i myself 
haven't really thought into. So I think that's super insightful of you, first of all, to think of such a question. I think、mm. it's just really. I don't think it's completely our fault. I think it's just like that. I don't want to say energy. I don't know what the right word is. Just like it's brought down from our ancestors is something I believe. Like we inherently want to feel accepted,、mm-hmm. um, and of course it's it's funny. It's funny because we we should feel accepted through being real, through being who we are a hundred percent. But somewhere along the line, we thought. Acceptance means just following societal norms, whatever that means. You know, like norms change all the time. Right. But as long as we follow these rules or these societal norms, then we'll feel accepted.、Mm-hmm. Like we think we'll feel accepted. Right. When in actuality, we're getting more distant from who we are.、Mm-hmm. So it's actually going away from acceptance, but we think it's acceptance. So I think that definitely plays a role. We can't completely, you know, blame it on ourselves.、Um, it's just, it's just who we are. We get uncomfortable with just being completely raw because that's not how we grew up. That's not how the world was, I guess, formed to to be like completely raw and like just genuine、mm-hmm. in terms of like not needing to follow societal. Norms、mm-hmm. and just feeling like you can just fit in, like、mm-hmm. I guess, like that's what a society is.、Um, at, at least、um, right now, you know, like it's kind of like okay, a society or a community is formed through like-minded people, right? And so we need to kind of hide that other side of us that may not feel like it will be accepted by a community, by a society. So、mm-hmm. that's also a part of why. With my channel and my platform, I'm all about community. Like one word to describe what I want to do is build a community. Like community is such an important part in my life,、mm-hmm. and I want to build a community because I want to kind of form something where people feel accepted for who they are a hundred percent. They finally have some sort of a community where they don't have to. Pretend to be like someone else, or look a certain way, be a certain way.、Mm-hmm. You just be you, and we cherish that, you know.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. I think there's a big difference between craving self acceptance versus craving like validation, and that's interesting because I was actually having this conversation with a friend yesterday where we were talking about why do we post on social media. And、mm-hmm. it was really a self-reflective question because it made me think. Because I'm also quite active on social media, it's like, do we post on social media because it helps us connect with our friends and build community, or are we posting because we want some sort of validation, right? Even if that、mm-hmm. validation is something that we crave subconsciously, which I think again, it's not our fault because we humans inherently we are social creatures and we naturally crave validation. This is probably like a biological thing, right? Like we need other people. Like we can't just lonely. We'll like die of loneliness. Right, if we like don't talk to anyone and don't like interact with anybody, but it really made me think like how much of what we do is intended through like wanting validation for ourselves versus really connecting、mm-hmm. with others, and that was a really interesting thing. And I totally think that another big change between why people are uncomfortable with this now, like have you heard of like Maslow's hierarchy? Maslow's hierarchy. Of I、needs? have. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this in because I think the difference. Is on our focus now as a generation, and I think because 
just look at my parents, right? Back then, they weren't on the top of the Maslow's hierarchy. They were focused so much on having, you know, food, shelter, security, safety, right? And topics mm-hmm. about uncomfortable things like how I feel about my body, how's my mental health, and, you know, all of these mm-hmm. things, they were never talked about because they were focused on how do I make money? How do I feed my family, right? How do I put right. food on the table? And now that we as a generation, I think we're privileged to be in a point where we even have the space and energy to have these uncomfortable conversations now. And I think it's still almost at like the beginning stages. And I think social media helps amplify that because like you said, you can build the communities where people can talk about these uncomfortable topics. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's my take on it. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Meg, actually, because I think another big reason you kind of touched upon it of why we're afraid to be vulnerable is because most likely our parents are not (laughs) very Mm. vulnerable, but it's not necessarily their fault. Like they don't know how to be vulnerable. It's not really in their vocabulary because in their generation, they were so occupied with, you know, building a family, like having all these resources, like trying to make a living. And so you're right that we're in a very fortunate circumstance where we can't even you know, focus on being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. taking care of our mental health, because that's not really something that our parents got to do. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily trying to judge us or, you know, think of it as some like taboo, like think Mm -hmm. of it as a negative thing. Yeah, it might come off that way sometimes, depending on who your parents are. Mm -hmm. But it's most likely because they're just unfamiliar. That's not how they grew up. So they they just don't know. So I think it's also important that we show them that understanding and compassion as well. Mm -hmm. Just understand, you know, that they didn't get that opportunity and Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's them. But we can focus on still being vulnerable regardless of whether they accept that or not. Yeah, I love that so much. It's about like having that empathy to step in their shoes and think what led them to think that the way that they do, right? And just because they aren't in tune mm-hmm. with our current generation's priorities and thoughts doesn't mean that they're bad people because they grew up in a totally different world and different place. So just having that compassion and respect for that is so important. Now, I would mm-hmm. love to hear more about your relationship with social media, right? We're both, I guess, quite active on Instagram, especially because we have projects that run on Instagram to share stuff and also YouTube as well. And I guess mm-hmm. we both dabbled a bit in TikTok for fun, but <laughs> and all that stuff. But I'd love to hear about your relationship with social media and how you draw a healthy boundary with it. Yeah, that's, that's funny you mentioned that because I talked about that on my Instagram live today with another YouTuber that I'm doing a collab with tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, I I just want to quickly mention what my relationship with Instagram specifically, because that was really the only social platform that I use, and maybe, I guess, Facebook, but mostly Instagram. Mm -hmm. Even up until last year, it was pretty toxic. Like, Instagram Mm -hmm. and I were in a toxic relationship, (laughs) and I'm sure a lot of people can agree as well. Right. Um, Because the thing is, we mindlessly scroll a lot when we're stressed or when we're bored. We just go on our phone, especially during COVID when we're at home and we don't really know what to do with our lives. We're just mindlessly scrolling. We think we're not mindlessly scrolling, but we are. And it might not do damage from the start, but subconsciously in the future, it could and it probably would. Uh, And that's something I slowly started to realize was I really just started to compare myself. I didn't Mm. compare myself as I was looking through the pictures, Mm. but subconsciously, like later on, I would 
really feel that I was mm. comparing myself and, you know, trying to look a certain way. Like, literally, like, I don't really wear a lot of makeup and I don't do any fake eyelashes or any of that sort. Like, not that that's a bad thing, of course. Like, there are so many people who can, like, rock it. Unfortunately, I cannot rock it. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Um, if, if anyone has tips, you know, if you have tips, then, like, sure, I'd be open to that. But I kind of just gave up on that um, that area of my life. Uh-huh. But um, I think, again, it depends on the intention. I try to, like, put on big eyelashes and, you know, try to put up put on a lot of makeup because I guess it was almost as if like I wasn't really accepting who I was and right. kind of what we were saying you know trying to fit in you know into societal norms whatever that even means now um so that definitely you know being obsessed with social media um, really impacted me not only through beauty standards but also I think like um highlight reels you know like mm-hmm. if people are doing amazing things if they feel like they're having the the time of their lives and I'm like not if I'm just like sitting on the couch like you know being a couch potato then I felt like oh what am I doing wrong with my life so (laughs) that's the question that we subconsciously ask is what are we doing wrong with our life like that's the problem is that we think that what we're doing is wrong because we see something different on social media that's Mm -hmm. the problem um but now I think what's really important, again, is really intention. So right now, I'm starting to set intentions with social media. So when I go on Instagram, because I used to go on it like three hours. Now Mm. I go on it maybe like 10 to 20 minutes, depending on if I'm posting something. I don't really mindlessly scroll anymore, to be honest. Like if it works for some people and it's fine, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. But for me, I set boundaries for myself. I don't go on it for a long period of time. And I'm very conscious when I'm like looking through a post. And this is actually something um, the other YouTuber that I was doing the Instagram live with was saying um, during our um, call today Mm -hmm. about our relationship with social media. What she likes to do is when she's like scrolling on social media and she's like, oh, like I'm following this person. She'll kind of like do a rating from one to 10 Mm -hmm. of how this account makes her feel wow so for instance like one is like i feel really uncomfortable like i feel really bad about myself maybe 10 is oh i feel really empowered by this certain account so then you can be a lot more conscious and a lot more intuitive about who you're following on social media Mm -hmm. and when you kind of like rate it maybe a one or two or three like a low rating then you can ask yourself, well, why, why is this account making, making me feel bad? Mm -hmm. So then you get, you can like, kind of like connect the dots like, oh, this account is making me feel like a one or two or three because so-and-so then another account you follow, maybe it'll be similar to that. And then you can start connecting the dots of, oh, okay, this type of account is making me feel this type of way because, Mm. and that's how you can kind of understand which account which types of accounts make you feel uncomfortable which type of accounts make you feel the opposite of that that's a really great tangible tip thanks so much for sharing i totally of course it was very helpful for me too yeah (laughs) i totally believe that you should curate your social and digital space just just the same way that you curate your physical space right like we want to surround our rooms with stuff that makes us happy like cleanliness Mm -hmm. plants positive quotes and I think that's the same case with your phone, your social media, your feed, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, like everything. You should curate it because if you spend hours a day scrolling through and you're feeding your mind with bajillion information. So I actually want to share like, I think it's a few days ago, I stumbled upon this TikTok that 
demonstrate to me just how much information our mind can process and this just shows how much subconscious stuff your mind is storing from every single thing you see online nowadays just to give you guys some i guess taste into how powerful our minds are so this tiktok it showed me i think it was 30 pictures it was flashing like every picture was like half a second like flash 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 30 pictures and it was like a memory test and it asked me okay like how many pictures do you think you remember 30 pictures in 15 seconds. And I was like, heck, I don't remember any of that. And then it gave me a test where it showed me like a set of two pictures. And one of the pictures was one I saw and one was one that they didn't show me. And then they asked me to pick which one that I saw. And I got all of it right, all 30 pictures right. And I was like, what? Mm. I did not know my mind was that powerful. So I guess I'm sharing that just to show you guys like every single thing that you're consuming online is being you know, consumed by your brain, mostly subconsciously, and is impacting you in so many ways. Like you said, it's causing you to ask questions, right? And subconscious questions about how you feel about yourself and who you're comparing yourself to and the standards you set for yourself. So, so important to curate your space. I totally, totally agree. And another thing I want to touch on is, I guess, us being people who do share content on social media and stuff, do you sometimes feel like you have a stronger sense of responsibility to post not just for yourself but really to help others feel better and i grapple with this a little bit because i have two instagram pages right one is like my own my personal my kuang second one is i'm in my 20s and i think my personal one i do it much more for myself and for me to connect with my friends where i share more of like highlight reels and funny things and stuff that like my friends will reply to and then we'll like you know it's a great way for me to keep in touch with people really healthy for me and then for i'm in my 20s I'm very cognizant about how is everything I'm posting making other people feel. Whereas on my personal, I don't really ask that question when I post stuff, right? I very much post my highlight reels because in a way, it is my it is my place to celebrate my wins and my joys and accomplishments. And I treat it that way versus my different intention for my page. So what do you think about that? And how do you approach your intentions with your pages? Yeah, I, it's funny because um, before I started to get into content creation, you know, it was mainly just to, I don't know, mainly just for boredom, just mm. because of boredom, you know, I would just scroll on Instagram. But now because it's, I don't want to say business because I don't necessarily have a business, but because maybe it's a means to an end, maybe just right. to get more traffic to my YouTube and maybe, you know, eventually my podcast. That's why I use Instagram more mm -hmm. um, to just keep up with that. So it's nice because um, kind of what you said, actually, it's a really nice way to connect with other people mm -hmm. and to maintain relationships that you already have, but also to maybe meet new people that you otherwise wouldn't have met um, mm -hmm. anywhere else. So in terms of that, I love using Instagram for that. Um, that would probably be the primary reason. And yeah, I mean, maybe for driving traffic to my YouTube. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel pressure to always post for others. Um, maybe that has to do with just because my platform isn't like big, you know, it's not like millions. So people mm. will not really notice. And I'm sure the pressure can increase as you go up, you know, as you mm. increase your following. Yeah. But right now, I'm very comfortable with where I am just because um, I don't really have that pressure. I don't put that pressure on myself. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, it's ironic because my channel is about and my Instagram is also more like personal development, self-help related. Mm -hmm. So people will understand that people need to take a break from Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think, you know, like people will 
expect me to post a lot which is great Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't really post a lot I I never really set that expectation for myself from the beginning so really like I don't take it too seriously if I want to post I post if I have something to say yeah if I want to connect with someone then then I'll go on it that's good if I feel like looking at people's Instagram stories because I want to see what people are up to and maybe Mm -hmm. I'll reply and maybe we'll end up having a conversation. Maybe mm. that'll lead to a virtual coffee chat. Who knows? Yeah. If I'm in the mood for that, then I'll do that. So, yeah, there's really not a lot of pressure anymore on social media as I used to have it. Like, I think mm. I had more pressure when I didn't have, like, YouTube or mm. podcasts. And that's the ironic part. Interesting. So now I'm just, I'm chill right now. Mm. I want to keep a balance. That's good. Yeah. Why do you think you had more pressure before you had a YouTube or podcast? Yeah, that's so interesting. I think maybe because I was in this, maybe because of the insecurity, maybe I put that pressure on myself because I felt like I needed people to see myself more. I needed mm-hmm. people to see all these cool looking pictures of me. Because at the, around that time, you know, last year, I would spend so much time like putting on different outfits throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to look good, trying to get like good, I guess, spots outside trying to go to like cool places and having my friends like randomly take pictures of me yeah all for the intention of posting you know validation on instagram now Mm. yeah now i'm like oh okay why did i do that but i mean it's normal we're human and we go through that all the time so that's okay but yeah i think i just put that pressure on myself of Mm. um having to post actually i don't know if it's pressure i think i just relied on it to get like all the likes you know basically Mm. what you said to get that validation so now that i think about it you know now that i reflect on it i feel a lot happier because i don't really need that validation anymore and it was really difficult to get to this point of like not having to see your likes on instagram and Mm. it's interesting because i know like instagram now has that option where you can like hide your number of likes (laughs) which is really interesting Mm -hmm. but like i don't do that because Mm. and i think um, everyone has their different reasons, but I just, I guess I don't do that because I don't really care who sees it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't, I just don't care. That's good. <laughs> like, I don't really care. <laughs> like I just post. And now like, if you look at my Instagram, it kind of changed. Like now I right. post like really homely pictures. Like I posted a picture with my dog and oh. I have like no makeup on. I'm wearing yeah. my glasses, you know, my hair is like super messy. Yeah. But I, I actually, I was really debating on posting that picture. Um, mm. I think it was last week because I was like, uh, this I don't know if I like this picture. I don't know like what people will think of it. But then I was like, I want to post it because what is my intention with Instagram mm. now? When people look at my feet, I want people to smile. Yeah. So I don't really think they're going to have a genuine smile just looking at a model picture of me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't really be a model. So maybe <laughs> that won't put a smile on people's faces. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, a picture, a random picture of me and my dog. Maybe that'll put a nice smile, you know, on people's mm. faces. And that was my intention, just to create that joy in other people. So now, because of that intention, I just post random pictures now, (laughs) whatever (laughs) I think people will like, genuinely like. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I think, honestly, what you said, like, once you stop caring so much, like, oh, I don't care how many likes. I don't care who sees what and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Like, life gets so much better. It's like 
so cathartic sure. and i think it does take time and practice and experiences and being really uncomfortable with sharing things on social media to get to this point where you mm. care less and i get asked that from some friends sometimes they're like meg how are you how, how do you have the confidence to post post so much yeah know? how do you have that confidence <laughs> to post <laughs> yeah like i get asked that and i'm like I don't really think of it as something I have resistance towards anymore. I think at first I felt like it was unnatural of me to do this because prior I didn't have a second page. I would post like once a month on my main and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I just feel so connected with my audience and it's such a good way to engage with people. And so it just comes natural to me. So I totally agree as mm -hmm. well with once you take that pressure off and you just go in with that good intention, you just stick with that intention. You don't have any ulterior intentions or things that are swaying the way that you post that's when you really, you know, find freedom and you yeah. find it's healthy to do that. Yeah, it's really all in your mind at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like even societal norms, comparing yourself, feeling pressured. At the end of the day, no one's making you feel that way. It's mm -hmm. really how you think. Totally. Because um, even like when people say, you know, like, oh, like this person made me angry. Uh, it feels <laughs> like that. And I know that's normal to say things like that. But at the end of the day, we created those feelings for ourselves we yeah. let people create those feelings for ourselves so yeah. it's really about taking responsibility for yourself oh yeah something i'm actually like you know um getting more experience with and i think what's really helping me again with mindset is the mindset that i have with instagram mm. i don't now, now i don't post it because like oh i'm trying to get something out of it now I'm viewing, I think it's about how you view Instagram. Mm -hmm. I view Instagram as just a, as just a place where people just post pictures whenever they want, yeah. however they want, just to share with their friends. There's totally. nothing wrong with sharing a picture with your friends. I mean, that's what Instagram is for. Yeah. So yeah, I just see it very lightly. You know, that's it. I'm just trying to share a picture with friends and that's why not? Yeah. So that really you know takes off the pressure totally that's so awesome and that's so healthy and you mentioned that before you used to have more of an addiction towards instagram how did you cure that addiction was there like a turning point for you hmm i i honestly think it's just my mindset again because i think it's more of that i don't know maybe last year was particularly i was obsessed mm. because of covid and that's oh, around yeah. the time when i just graduated college and i didn't have a job yet so of course it gave me more time to just mindlessly scroll because i'm not very good i mean this is something i'm trying to personally work on still but like just working on doing different hobbies doing different things that don't require the screens mm. um because it's so easy to just go on our phone or laptop and go on youtube or watch some movie or something yeah. nowadays um and i always resorted to instagram i don't mm. really watch too many movies so i would just go on instagram and see what other people are up to mm -hmm. so i think the shift was when i asked myself why am i on Instagram for so long mm -hmm. and a part of that amongst all the other reasons I've mentioned is because maybe I don't feel satisfied with the life I currently have right now mm -hmm. to the point where I feel like I need to watch someone else's life because someone else's life might seem more interesting mm -hmm. and when I started to kind of take control of my own life and figure out how to make my life more interesting. Like, what can I do? What can I do that doesn't require me to look at other people's lives? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when I busy myself with things that I really like to do, when I discovered doing YouTube, 
um, I don't know, like building communities, even starting a podcast, reading books, going mm -hmm. outside, you know, learning, reading, yeah, all of these different activities that um, consumed my brain. It just came to a point where I didn't need to rely on social media anymore. I didn't mm. need to. I didn't have this need to busy myself mm. by looking at what other people are doing because I'm busy with doing Your what life. I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's such a healthy approach, mm -hmm. and I love that gradual change and that it wasn't even a forced thing. That it just came naturally, and you just found better things to do with your time and energy. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. For me, I want to share the way that I combat it as well. My way was like quite different from yours. Mine was like a bit drastic, I would say almost. Because <laughs> this was like, I think it was like, uh, was it 2019? No, it was 2018 was the year where I think I was like kind of addicted to Instagram where I would go on social media, Instagram, and then I would go on the explore page and I would just start stalking like random pretty girls. Like I would just start <laughs> looking at their perfect life and I'd be like, damn, like how's her skin so nice? Where did they get their fashion sense? And all of that and just taking in so much of their metrics and their like counts and all of that and feeling so inadequate to a point where I was probably also spending upwards of three or four hours on it a day mindlessly scrolling my explore page and randomly stalking old people that I don't talk to anymore <laughs> and it was so unhealthy and Thankfully, this was like December 2018. So I was working for the UBC Life blog at that time. I was like a blog writer. And then I decided to make it a social experiment on myself to completely delete Instagram for, for an entire month and see if that cures my addiction. Ooh. And so I deleted Instagram for the entire month of December, wasn't on it. And at first it was so hard because my finger automatically, the reflex is to scroll here and tap, <laughs> wanna tap the Instagram icon, right? And now the icon's not there. So I can't even like tap it or anything. And I had to find other stuff to fill my time with. And at first it was so uncomfortable because I was like, felt like I was missing something, but then quickly realized that I wasn't missing anything good. I wasn't missing anything healthy mm. to begin with. And I was able to focus my energy on other things like my own life and my own friends who I actually do talk to and care about and the reality mm -hmm. and not a curated, screen so mm -hmm. after a month without instagram i had so much time to self-reflect and reevaluate my use and so i've made changes ever since then and i think i have a really healthy relationship now for the first like six mm -hmm. months after that i had this like wellness timer where it would only allow me to go on instagram like 20 minutes a day i think and then when the 20 minutes was up it would like shut down the app and i can't go on it for the rest of the day so i used that mm -hmm. at first almost as like a preventative measure but soon after having that, like, it just became natural. I didn't feel right. the urge to scroll anymore. I didn't feel the urge to, like, waste time on it looking at people that I didn't even know or care about. And instead, now mm -hmm. I use it with a lot of intention. I will open it when I need a post. I will look at my close friend stories. I don't watch stories, actually. I don't watch anyone's stories except my actual close friends, which is probably, like, mm -hmm. like 40 people out of like the thousand something people that I follow which I still want to stay in touch with but I don't need to see their stories every day but I only watch those stories and I only engage with posts that like I actually do care about and it's just become so healthy for me and such a good place for me like stay in touch with people and you know just be a healthy place for me to like I said engage with people and not feel insecure so that's kind of how I went about my social media addiction yeah yeah that's awesome i mean i props to you for even trying that kind of experiment because 
I definitely have tried a mm. bunch of times, especially when I was younger and, you know, social media was like the new hottest thing. Yeah. I just could never do it. Like one month seems like a lot for me. Like I know there's like experiments nowadays on YouTube. I quit social media for a year. Yeah. I can't even do it for a month. So like props mm. to you for doing that. But now, I mean, you're totally right. Now that we've built this habit of not relying on social media and building up this habit of like, creating intention being really intentional with like why we're using it mm -hmm. now it's like oh i don't really want to go on it though mm -hmm. like i'm not you now i'm not forcing it. myself yeah i'm not forcing myself like sophia like don't go on it now it's like oh i don't want to go on it yeah <laughs> so it's like it's become so much easier and like addiction is like not even a thing for me anymore with social media which Same. is like super cool and i think like another reason why i'm not addicted is also i guess from fear almost because mm -hmm. if you do get addicted to it like if i get addicted to it then i might not be very grateful mm. for what i have and be grateful for the life i'm living right now and that's scary like i don't want to be in a place where i'm just not being grateful for what mm -hmm. i have right and that's how um you know i, I don't want to like say anything bad about tiktok as i always do <laughs> um but it's just it's not an app for me i understand mm. why so many people like it which is super cool but with me like with that type of short content like mm. 10 to 15 seconds um not because like with instagram it was more like gratefulness thing but with mm. tiktok i noticed subconsciously that i was wanting so much instant gratification mm. because you know it's always like short videos, like you're just scrolling, yeah. scrolling, scrolling. If you don't like this video, you can scroll into the next. Yep. And you just get addicted because totally. they're so short. And I started to realize this when um, even like my boyfriend, you know, he was like suggesting, you know, like, do you want to watch a movie? And I would be so unwilling. Huh. I'd be so unwilling to watch even a movie because okay. a movie is so long for me now right. because I'm so used to short content. Wow. And so that was a really scary place to be in. Like, I want to enjoy movies, but now I can't because of TikTok. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's really like the instant gratification and also like uh, not having patience anymore, not having patience to watch a whole movie because mm -hmm. I'm so like my brain is so wired now to yeah. watch short, very short content. Totally. And so I was scared of that. I don't want to like fall into that hole too much. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm creating boundary and the boundary is for me to just quit TikTok. Mm. Um, I don't want to go on it anymore because I know if I go on it, I will be addicted and yeah. I there's no way to stop that addiction with yeah. especially with things like tiktok Absolutely. so i was like you know what this is toxic for me and i'm in a stage of my life where intention i know i mentioned this a hundred times in this podcast episode already intention is such a huge word for me this year in 2021 mm -hmm. because you know i want to create more intentional relationships i want to create more intentional like surroundings environment mm -hmm. and a part of that is also what i consume i want to be more intentional with what i consume yes and tiktok just does not fall under that for me yeah and that's okay so yeah. i was like okay uninstall mm -hmm. and after i uninstalled to be honest i didn't really think about tiktok ever again like i was like oh my goodness i'm, wow. like, I'm so addicted like i want to reinstall it i right. had no feeling of that whatsoever wow 
Dang, kudos yeah. to you, girl, for that self-awareness <gasps> and taking that proactivity. Because I, unfortunately, I am a TikTok user, and I can totally see how <laughs> it's shortening my attention span. <laughs> because when I watch a movie with my brother, he roasts me for going on my phone in the middle of the movie, and then he gets mad because mm. I didn't watch the scene. I'm like, wait, can you explain that again? And I'm like, dang, Meg, like, come <laughs> on, just focus on the dang Aww. movie. So I think, yeah, your word sounds like intention. My word, actually, funny enough, like on my closet, I actually have the word focus. Mm. My word is focus because I find that in today's world of distractions, like we're in an age of information, right? Like you can find any information you want anywhere. You can watch whatever the hell you want from anywhere you want nowadays. You can have whatever you want. Your attention can go wherever you want. And I think that is both a blessing and a curse. Blessing because yes, you can access anything within seconds, but a curse because if you're not, like you said, if you're not intentional with it, you're, you can easily stretch your attention. You can ruin your attention span. You can fall into a loop of addiction and endless gratification. And I think someone called it like um like an endless like whirlpool or, or something of like a tidal wave, like where you get swept in. It's really hard for you to get out when you're in that dopamine, like one swipe. Oh, dopamine. Oh, another cool video. And you keep going, going. And then it's like right. later, it's like, oh, three hours pass and I haven't done anything. And I think it's so <laughs> dangerous. And I think I watched this video recently about addiction and how like social media addiction uh, and cocaine addiction. It's very comparable. <laughs> Drugs and social media, Ooh. the addiction, it lights up like the same parts of your brain, something like social that. Social media is a drug. It is. And, and similar with sugar. I think it was like sugar addiction, cocaine, and social media. It's like, oh, the addiction effect is almost equal on your brain. And that's terrifying because we all know like, oh, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. But we don't control our relationship with social media or sugar or information and all this other stuff that just because it isn't taught in schools that it's terrible it doesn't mean it's not stealing our time and energy just as much as other things are so mm-hmm. yes it's so so important to have that awareness and intentionality with where you put your time so how do you mm-hmm. think you are cultivating intentionality nowadays with your time and energy Ooh, um, within social media or just in general maybe in general like if you have any like practices that you do or anything like that not i mean not necessarily a practice i think it's really just being able to cultivate that self-awareness because a lot of the times we do things without thinking Mm -hmm. you know and so now i'm very very self-aware i think i've always just naturally i've always been a very inquisitive person Mm -hmm. um and with that i'm just very sensitive i'm very self-aware so i already have that trait in me but that can mm-hmm. always be cultivated. You can develop a habit. Yeah. You know, habits are very, very powerful. Um, so I think now when I'm doing things, I'm very conscious, or I try to be conscious, of how it's making me feel. Mm-hmm. Because um, with intentionality, I, I say intention because I'm in a phase where I want more positivity. You know, I want more... I guess, um, ambition, that type of energy, which is why I like surrounding myself with people like you, because you are very like uplifting, positive, um, very go, 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 like ambition, and Mm. you have a certain goal, you know, and that's why I'm setting the intention to surround myself with people like you, because that will affect my mood. Like Mm -hmm. people are your environment as well. So you are my environment too. You're part of that. And that makes up kind of who you are as well, like, and your mood and how you show up every day. And so that's why I am more intentional with how I spend my time with 
who I talk to, what I consume, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, yeah, now I just ask myself, like, how is this making me feel? How is this person making me feel? Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not always like, oh, this person's not making me feel good right now. I'm never going to talk to them ever again. <laughs> it's more of like, if there's a good reason, you know, to not want to surround myself, because maybe this one person, maybe they're making me feel very negative, or maybe mm-hmm. they're just a very negative person. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, I want to be there for them, whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, if it's like very like negative all the time, and it's just like hatred, whatever, mm-hmm. then it's not really the type of energy I want to attract right now. Yeah. And, that, 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 and that's okay. Like, I want to spend more of my time to, to surround myself more with positivity. Because if I surround myself with negativity, then I will be negative. Mm-hmm. And right now, I've been a little bit more negative, I think, just with like, COVID happening Mm. and just like that getting to all of our heads. Mm -hmm. So right now, that's why I want to have the opposite of that. I want Mm. to surround myself more with like encouraging, supportive people. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just ask myself like, how does this one thing make me feel? Mm -hmm. And that really helps me. I love that. That's such a powerful question. And I think it's so good for cultivating self-awareness. And I think that just observing today's society, it's easy for us to completely neglect how things make us feel because it's easy for us to distract our attention to focus on something totally external, like watching a funny video, a movie, people, you know, party, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And we often forget to ask, how are my decisions really making you feel? And I really like this exercise. I think it's like five layers of why or three layers or whatever. But it's like once you answer that first question, how is this making you feel? And for example, you say, this is making me feel bitter. And you ask, why is it making me feel bitter? And you have an Mm -hmm. answer, you ask why again. And then you just keep asking why a few layers until you really, really get to the core root of it. And then once you have that answer, then you can take that answer and work outwards again and think, okay, now that I know my answer, what can I intentionally change in my life to change the way that I feel and protect my energy right and curate my space Mm -hmm. and my people so I love that that's such a great note is there anything else you wanted to mention on this conversation before we close the conversation today um I don't know I mean I guess for me um another big word that popped into my life this year and not only because you know I mean, maybe um, I'm reading a book called Mindset mm. and we're reading it for my book club right now. Nice. Um, but it's a very, very powerful book. It's um, written by a PhD. And what I like about her book is like, because like people like, um, I guess Eckhart Tolle, he's very big in self-development. I'm sure maybe you know him. Mm. Um, he wrote The Power of Now as well. Yeah, I heard it. Um, I, I, I like it, but I don't vibe with it too much. And I guess like Napoleon Hill is also a famous um, author. Mm-hmm. I don't really vibe with it too much, to be honest, because the, the issue with those types of books for me, those types of authors, is they just talk, talk, talk without giving actual like information, without giving like mm. maybe backed up information. Right. Like, okay, like you said a lot of fluff. Yeah, but prove it, you know? Yes. And so this book does that. She brings up a lot of good examples. Like she's very, very well known, you know, PhD. And she's done a lot of personal studies. Mm -hmm. And she mentions those studies, you know, she takes a lot of um, people in her study. It's not just like a small sample size. Mm -hmm. So it's very credible. And I really vibe with it. She makes it very clear. And so I would say just when we're encountering a situation it's not really about 
other people it's not mm. really an external thing of like this situation or this people or these types of people are making me feel this way mm -hmm. i think it really just comes down to our mindset and yeah. our mind is so so powerful is something i'm realizing it's it's yes. extremely powerful like even if you don't feel like you're in a you know a good circumstance right now maybe it's stressful your mindset really changes that really shifts the way how you feel so i think your mind your mindset shapes how you feel yes. not the other way around so mm. i can be having a quote-unquote bad day oh this happened oh this happened but yeah. if i can transform my mindset to think oh but this happened and that's okay because i learned so much from this experience and it's only going to make me a stronger person like i'm so thankful and grateful for this experience then the way you feel is going to completely change mm. so for me that's something i'm really working on so i just wanted to share a little bit about that mm. and i do recommend reading mindset because it's such a powerful book wow Thank you so much for sharing. That resonates with me so much. I absolutely <laughs> love the mindset stem of self-development. And it is, I, I would say it's the powerhouse and it's the absolute core of everything else self-development. And Definitely. another book recommendation that popped up for me is called Man's Search for Meaning. Have you heard of it? Mm. Yeah, Viktor Frankl. Yes, yeah. So I read that book before and it really reshaped my mindset. And I don't want to spoil the book or whatnot, but it really taught me, you know, gratitude no matter what sort of situation you're in, the way that you approach things and like what you believe is possible and what you believe about the situation that you're in really will shape your present and your future. If you believe that you're doomed in the situation that you're in, you're probably doomed. <laughs> but if you believe right, that, exactly. you know, you can change things and you approach things through gratitude and all that stuff, then, you know, things will change. And I think this is almost worthy of a totally other episode of its own because I think mindset and approach to life and, positively t positivity obviously not toxic positivity mm. but intentional positivity mm. all of that can be a totally separate episode so thank you so yeah, much for sharing and maybe we can talk about it maybe we can talk about it on, on my podcast and oh, i'll have yeah. you on there <laughs> oh my god i would absolutely love this this is you're hitting home with these oh. topics girl this is like everything <laughs> i think about at like 3 a.m when i can't sleep <laughs> i i just think oh. about life and i start thinking about all these self-development stuff and i'm like whoa like i'm getting mind blown anyways this was really awesome. Thank you so much, for Sophia, for coming onto my podcast and sharing so many lovely insights. I'd love for you to share with our listeners where they can find you and your work and your book club and your podcast and everything sure. you're doing. Of course, yes. Please join me. I'm always looking to grow my community and I would love to meet all of you, whoever's listening. Um, my Instagram is Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Yuna, Y-U-N-A, chong c-h-e-o-n-g so it's just my full name mm -hmm. um and that's also my um uh youtube and my book club you can find on my instagram i have mm -hmm. a link in my bio you can find my book club as well as my podcast nice. um, but you can also look it up on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcast you can just search um either my name or for the podcast you can search up uncomfortably comfortable a mouthful, <laughs> the mouthful. but yes <laughs> okay awesome thanks so much for being on my podcast thank you everyone for listening and hope you guys have an awesome day bye <laughs> 
much for tuning into that episode, guys. I hope you guys resonated with that, whether you are an active social media consumer, creator, or whatnot. I think that social media impacts us all the time now. It's practically inevitable now in 2021. It's kind of scary that we spend so much time on our phones focusing on you know our profiles and looking at what other people are up to and sometimes not realizing how everything is so curated and also sometimes not realizing the blur between our actual real identities versus our online personas that we create through our profiles like linkedin instagram etc all of that and so it's something that's really good to be self-aware of and i hope that after this conversation that you guys go out and spark this conversation with your friends too so yeah that's the goal of my podcast after all to spark conversations so thanks so much for listening and be sure to check out Sophia's links and her content I'll link all of that in the description below and I will see you guys next week for episode 46 bye